0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: It's OBE with Arden Moore. The show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Arden Moore.
2: Welcome to the O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. This episode is quite timely. It's a perfect time to acknowledge the small joys, the small triumphs of life. Instead of fretting about conquering a mountain of, I don't know, must do's, our two special guests today exemplify one of the best connections any one of us can have on this planet that connection that special bond between a person and a dog. Today's show is a real welcome reality check for all of us who get frustrated by bad hair days or, or having our patients tested by rush hour traffic. It is my honor to introduce our special guest. First, give pause and applause to Carol Roquemore founder of Canine Support Teams. This is a can-do group that trains service dogs. And give a great salute of gratitude to Vanessa Lerma Jones, who served not one or two, but count them, four tours of duty in Iraq as a Navy corpsman. Welcome to the show, Carol and Vanessa.
3: Hi, how are you?
2: Good, and I'm going to count how many times Vanessa calls me ma'am because she's been in the military for a while, but uh, we're going to find out what that's all about. But we're going to take a commercial break first. And when we come back, we're going to discover the connection between these two individuals and the wonderful world of service dogs. So, sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. behave. we will be right back. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted
2: designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat
1: Let's Talk Pets, on PetLifeRadio.com. OBEHAVE is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore.
2: Welcome back to the OBEHAVE show on PetLife Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. As mentioned, our guests today are Carol Rookmore. She is the founder of Canine Support Teams. This is a service dog organization that's based in Menifee, California, and she's joined by Vanessa Lerma Jones, a military veteran who's now taking uh, pre-med classes, I guess, at Loma Linda University. So we're not going to keep our listeners in suspense anymore, Carol. Please go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Well, I'm talking figuratively here, not literally, listeners, and explain the link that you and Vanessa share.
0: Well, hello, Arden. Thank you for having us on your show I met Vanessa through our Pause for Wounded Veteran program, and that's a program that was founded approximately two years ago where canine support teams places assistance dogs with returning wounded veterans, whether they are um, wheelchair-bound, have a disability caused from their tour of duty, or return with PTSD.
2: And, and let's explain to the people who don't know what that stands for.
0: Post-traumatic stress syndrome. Okay. And I could go further if you need me to.
2: but that. Yeah, so... You.
0: If you're in an extremely stressful environment, such as a war, where you're, you're seeing constantly things that people shouldn't be seeing, um, and you're experiencing things that people don't normally experience on a daily, hourly, minute-by-minute basis, then it can affect you in a way that you're not able to function when you return back to whatever normal life is. We have found, and it has been medically proven, that animals, dogs in particular, can help reduce the stress that is caused from this condition.
2: And that's where I want to jump in with Vanessa, if I may, Vanessa, give us a little bit of brief background on your military service, and now you're in pre-med, but uh, what made you join the Navy in the first place?
3: Um, I always uh, knew, ever since I was a little girl, that I wanted to join the military, but whenever I was in high school, I had an ROTC instructor at my high school who was a retired sergeant major in the Marine Corps, and he just became a very inspirational person and took the place of my father, um, because he, my father passed away when I was 14, so I went into high school still grieving, and um, he took me under his wing and taught me a lot about um, being a, a person of honor, and uh, he just uh, really encouraged me and uh, helped me make up my mind to join, and, and he was actually uh, my inspiration behind it.
2: And what, let's let's go ahead and shout out his name to our listeners.
3: His uh, name is Sergeant Major Jerry L. Ham, United States Marine Corps retired.
2: All right, Jerry, you done good. It sounds like with this young lady, so he <laughs> inspires you to join the. And you you didn't go with the Marines. He's with the Marines. What made you pick the Navy? <laughs> and well, I'm happy because my names. brother spent <laughs> yeah my brother spent twenty years in the Navy, so he just got out. So I'm I like all branches, but you know. <laughs> it's a Navy Army football game, I have to cheer for Navy
3: <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> the reason I join the Navy is because the um the Marine Corps doesn't have um medical um uh, medical occupation specialty specialty to it because they're all considered uh, combatants, so uh, medical personnel are considered non combatants and therefore uh are not supposed to engage in um, direct fire, I'll say. Okay. And so um, I wanted to go into the medical field and second best would be um, the Navy and it turned out to be a really good experience because I was able to do all of my tours with Marines.
2: Oh, well, there you go. Worked out. hmm it did. All right. So you're there, you were in Iraq four times, was I correct? Uh, yes, ma'am. Okay, and you started back in 01, I guess. So that's pretty uh, quick. No, I
3: actually... I joined the military in 2001. My Mm -hmm. first deployment was in 2003, March of 2003, uh, right when President Bush declared war.
2: Oh, okay. Okay.
3: After that, I deployed again in 2004 into 2005.
2: Mm -hmm. After
3: that tour, I did another one in 2006, and my last tour was from 2008 to 2009.
2: How come so many in Iraq for tours?
3: I really don't know. I just I <laughs> guess I was the right place at the right time and my name was always on the list. So all I could do was pack my bags and go. <laughs> all
2: right. And we're going to get into the connection with you and your service dog. Uh, it's Booker, right? Mhm. Okay. So you're in the war and I you know, you tell me what you feel comfortable sharing, but it does make you uh grow up fast, I guess. And I, from what it I understand does. reading about your story, it it wasn't very pretty. Um, so, if you can share a little bit about your experience and how you were really being helped this day by the canine support teams that Carol's group runs.
3: Well, uh, a lot of it, like Carol was saying, a lot of the things that you experience while uh, deployed overseas, whether it's to Iraq or Afghanistan or any combat zone, um, depending on the tempo of the operation, you are exposed to constant gunfire um incoming rounds just conditions that you wouldn't see every day uh, mm-hmm. sleep deprivation constantly on guard having to be uh vigilant of your surroundings and uh you lose a, you lose a lot of trust in in your environment because um you have to and so uh one of the worst parts of um my service it was a, it was a good experience but um the situation was in 2004 when um, the city of Fallujah was assaulted. And um, just a lot of experiences with uh, dead and wounded, um, our allies and uh, Iraqis alike. And um, just uh, you come back with a lot of things staying in in your mind. And that's where I had trouble and a lot of service members have trouble with because it's not something that you can forget right away. I don't think it's something that you can ever forget. And uh, it's not always easy to cope with these things because they're constantly in your mind. And when you come back to the United States, you come back home, but you're not, you're not as comfortable as you used to be.
2: I understand you had nightmares.
3: I actually still do have nightmares. That's something that I um, deal with uh, on a regular basis. And, um, uh, a lot of the treatment for it is not a hundred percent effective because how do you, how do you control your mind? You know, it's not one set way that medical people can say, okay, if you don't want to have a bad dream, this is what you do. It's the the human psyche. You, you see something that causes uh, a great impression on you, whether it's good or bad, and it's just going to stay with you. Um, I Because I have so many nightmares, um, I don't have very good quality sleep. I always feel threatened. I feel like somebody's going to hurt me or somebody's going to do some type of attack or just always feeling um, edgy towards people, especially in crowds or just when I'm around something or somebody that I don't know that I'm not familiar with. Okay. It's a little difficult to explain because it's different for everybody, but um, for the most part, I, I guess I could say for me it's just anxiety, of like threatening anxiety.
2: Well, it's a very serious condition that you're not uh, taking lightly, which you are seeming to address. And that's where I wanted to ask Carol, you know, when I think of a service dog, I'm thinking sometimes of somebody that may have a physical limitation, and canine support teams, it's my understanding that you help out people with disabilities for everything except, obviously, the people that may be blind. So here's a great soldier that has given many tours of duty and is having these terrible nightmares with post-traumatic stress disorder. I like the idea that you're able to pair her up with a service dog. So can you talk a little bit about Booker and how you were able to reach out to uh, Vanessa?
0: Yes. Um She came to us and applied to our program, and upon interviewing her, we felt that she was a great candidate
1: Mm -hmm. and that we
0: could possibly help her. Um, So we went ahead and we sought out a dog that we felt would best suit her needs. Okay. We teamed her with uh, Booker, who is a black lab, and um, I chose Booker because... um, A black dog is a deterrent, even though he is one of the friendliest dogs you'll ever meet. Mm -hmm. It's also a deterrent, a visual deterrent to people, so people tend to to not approach as much. Okay. Which is one of the things that I wanted to help Vanessa with so that she didn't have to constantly. If you've got a dog with you and it's a golden retriever, they're going to run toward you with open arms and go, I want to love your dog. And this way, that won't happen quite as much, even though it does happen at times. Also, when she's out and about, it, it, it deters people from approaching her. His demeanor is such; he's a large dog. His, his power of presence, for want of a better word, is such that um, any, let's say, wrongdoer might think twice before approaching because they wouldn't know. How the dog was trained. We absolutely never train our dogs to be, uh, um, one of a better word, attack dogs or biters or anything like that. But the visual deterrent is what we're looking for. The second thing is he's a very loving dog. Mm-hmm. And I wanted Vanessa to be able to, uh, reach out to the dog for support when she felt. Um, panicky or when she felt um, uneasy, and he was certainly one of those dogs that you could do that with. He loves touch, and she can touch him um, from a standing position, or she can kneel, kneel down and actually put her arms around him.
2: Vanessa, let's talk now you've got Booker. when did you get Booker and Carol did a wonderful job. I love that term visual deterrent It's all about perception even though he's a he's a love muffin and he's very well trained does he give you a little bit of peace of mind from his physical standpoint?
3: He has actually done um, so much for me because I I had a lot of lot of anger and uh, just uh, ugly feelings I I can't explain it. I uh, never seemed to be in a good mood, always just uh slightest thing would set me off and make me mad. And um, it was just a, was a bad place. And um, ever since I got Booker, and I believe it was in May, um, he, if you look at his face, you can't, you can't seem mad at him. It gives me a reason not to be angry or to kind of like let things um, slide by. Don't, Even when I do have uh, episodes of anger, which are another symptom of people with PTSD, um, I just look at him, and he gives me big old eyes and the big black nose, and I I can't do anything but smile at him, and I start petting him, and it does feel soothing. It's it's very therapeutic for me to to have him around, and uh, especially when I go out, whether it's to a restaurant or to um, the mall, he just serves as a, a really good companion, and I I have him in my car all the time. I don't have time to start having negative thoughts because I'm either constantly talking to him or he's nudging his nose on my arm, and um, just he serves as a big distraction for me um, not to concentrate on other thoughts.
2: That's very well put. I I, see, I just want to reach out and give you both a hug. It sounds like he's, he's quite a great dog. How old is uh, Booker?
3: He's about three or three and a half years old, and uh, he's pretty large.
2: <laughs> yeah, a, how uh, large? <laughs> uh, and,
3: um, he's about 95 pounds right now.
2: Okay, so I can just see you walking into a restaurant with this big black lab. Do you get the best seat in the house or what?
3: <laughs> I like to think so, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, Carol, Carol was talking about that he serves as a, a deterrent from, from people approaching me, and it's so funny because he's had um, quite the opposite effect, which has really has helped me because I um, avoided people mm-hmm. i didn't particularly um, like people approaching me or asking me questions or anything like that just because of that that threatening feeling, and um, people just Bud to him when they see him and it forces me to interact with people which is something that I hadn't been able to do on my own for a very long time because because of my symptoms so he's, he's really helped me a whole lot
2: well it sounds like you're right I mean if you don't feel forced with him around right exactly okay now Carol with your group there's a lot of different service groups what I really like about yours is you seem to be small and mighty You started this, I guess, back in 1989, and you yourself had some challenging health issues with growing up, if you wanted to let people know. What inspired you to start this service group?
0: Well, I I had polio when I was four years old. I was diagnosed with MS about, I guess, we're going on three years ago. Um, I was a dog trainer um, for many years, and... I actually did train attack dogs when, from a wheelchair.
2: Wow, and that's a skill.
0: I was an, I was an agitator, and um, I did not like the um, the methodology that went with that, so I started studying dog behavior and um, started doing basic obedience. I This was... Just a little bit before clickers and positive reinforcement became so popular. Once those things came into play, um, I snatched onto those immediately and started to do that. Um obtained a dog and trained it to be my service dog. And I was growing weaker um, and uh, going from a manual chair into a power chair, people would see this dog and would want to know where they can get one just like it. And I was no longer able to do the training on my own because of my own physical challenges. So I sought out the help of other people and, you know, one thing leads to another and I realized that I needed to form a nonprofit. Um, the nonprofit was formed from a credit card. Wow! And um, here we are 22, 23 years later, and um, it's it's just, you know, we are small but mighty. We don't have a fancy facility. We do have one. All the money that comes in goes towards the training and care and um, provision of these dogs to people that need them. And um, I think we do a wonderful work. I have a great staff of people with me. And um, they they kind of all get scared when I say I have an idea. <laughs> we have, um, you know, we we started the first prison pub program in the state of California at the California Institution for Women. Okay,
2: well, let's, if we can, Carol, I need to take a commercial break right now. I want to get into that prison program and talked a little bit more with you both. So you're listening to the Behave show on Pet Life Radio. We're going to be back with Carol Roakmore and Vanessa Lerma-Jones and all about the canine support teams right after this break. So sit and stay. We'll be right back.
1: Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. OBE will be back in a flash right after these messages.
2: Question,
1: what do I want? What do I need? I'll take a I reach really your mention. I need time, I need love, I crave attention.
0: Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter. Available on iTunes.
1: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. Radio.
0: PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, this
1: is world champion poker player Annie Duke
0: telling you to tune in to Arden Moore and her O Behave show on Pet
1: Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to O Behave. Here's Arden.
2: Welcome back to the O Behave show on Pet Life Radio. You're listening to Arden Moore and we are having our two special guests, Carol Rookmore and Vanessa Lerma Jones. As we're talking to Carol, she is the founder of Canine Support Teams, it's based in California. And one of the lucky dog recipients, I guess, Vanessa, is you. And you got that great dog, Booker, helping you going out and about and getting back after your um, distinguished service in the Navy. Carol, you were talking about how your group is small but mighty. There's a couple other things that distinguish you from some other groups on service dogs. It's my understanding, you know, trying to get placement can be kind of tricky, and there's a lot of cost involved in getting these dogs to be properly trained and and paired with the right Mm -hmm. person.
0: Yes, there is. We have estimated that each dog costs our program somewhere around fifteen to sixteen thousand dollars. Wow! So those funds must be raised somewhere. So we're constantly doing bake fundraisers, grants, and getting support from our local communities. And we certainly do need more. The prison pup program has provided us with 23 inmate trainers who who are of the quality of what I would call in my program here a senior instructor. There is a zero recidivism rate for each person who has been in our program at the California Institution for Women. If they leave and they are released, they go on to do positive things in the community versus returning because they've done something not so positive.
2: Carol, if you could backtrack, how long have you had this uh, prison pup program?
0: I believe it's been in place now for nearly seven years.
2: Okay, and again, I've been in prison before, and honest, I didn't do anything. You know, they all say that. But I, I did a prison pup program earlier, a couple years ago on this show in uh, Nevada, and I was uh-huh. blown away by the people that were getting the opportunity while they're serving their sentences to be able to train a dog. And I'm thinking that sure beats having a scoop out the, you know, the tater tots, if you will, in the, in the food line, right?
0: Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it really does give them an opportunity to positively give something back to their community. And that's something that I hear almost every time that I go in, is mm-hmm. that, you know, we can't ever change what we've done, but we can give back and that's what they continue to do. So we have altogether around 60 to 70 women in our program there. We also have a youth at risk program at the Southwest Juvenile Hall, which we use shelter dogs. So we take in shelter dogs and the youth will train them in basic obedience, behavior modification, and get them ready for positive rehoming. It's about a six-week course, and um, one of our trainers goes in and teaches uh, every every week. And um, then we have a graduation ceremony, and the dogs are adopted and rehomed into approved homes. We have a pretty rigid adoption procedure, and so that's a very positive program. And then we have the Paws for Wounded Veterans program.
2: Wow, that's three great areas, the audiences and groups that you're reaching, kids, prisoners, and the people in the, in the military. I mean, that's a pretty wide net for a small group.
0: Yes, yeah, so and we've opened it up um, here within the past year to include children with autism and other kinds of disabilities that are very, very hard to, um, to team a dog with, and we've been very successful in doing that. So we're opening that door up a little bit more next year. Well, I actually yeah. I
2: know one of your your dog graduates, Ike. Yeah. Yeah, Ike is uh belongs to uh Jennifer Blanchard and I hope she's going to listen to the show she said she would. And I met her through a group called Leisure Fitness and Ike is awesome. He is the best behaved dog in our class and he behaves exactly. better than most of us two-leggers, too. Jennifer behaves yeah. okay, but you know, but Ike is always you can count on Ike to be doing the right thing and she is so grateful to you guys because she says she's gotten her life back.
0: Yeah, she's a great gal, and he is a great dog.
2: And Vanessa, you got out of the the Navy when? Did, when did you end your service?
3: My service, um, I was honorably discharged in January of this year. Okay. And uh, I've been in school ever since at Loma Linda University, and in my senior year now. So uh, a lot of good things happening, and uh, I. I also am very, very grateful to uh, Carol and everything that her organization does. I have had pretty much tried everything to help me with uh, symptoms, whether it was medication or uh, electrotherapy and so on and so forth. And so far, I will say that my dog has been the most effective treatment. So I'm also extremely, extremely thankful to her.
2: Well, I'm glad to hear that. What's your goals now once you get out of uh, pre-med? What's your plans?
3: Well, um, I would like to apply to um, physician's assistant school and to medical school, and we will see which one I get accepted to first.
2: All right. Well, we're keeping our paws crossed for you because I, you know, I think it'd be great to see you and Booker going down the hallway at at some medical school, you know, and um, you know, (laughs) if the doctors give you a look or something. I don't know. You know, it's kind of nice to have a (laughs) family. He actually
3: goes to work with me every day in a medical clinic, and he does really, really good. He stands right behind the check-in counter and follows me around while I put patients (laughs) in their rooms, and everybody just loves him, and they can't believe that he's such a well-behaved dog, and he follows me everywhere. So he, um, in a way, gives therapy to the patients that come in to see us.
2: (laughs) So he's got pretty good bedside manner, you'd say.
3: Yes, he does. Excellent. All right.
2: Manner. We're speaking with Carol Rochmore. She is the founder of Canine Support Teams and Vanessa Lerma-Jones. She's a military veteran. We're rooting for her to become an awesome doctor someday or a physician's assistant. Both very worthy careers. And I guess, you know, Booker will have to be a Ph.D. with your M.D. Could That would stand for <laughs> pretty happy dog, you know. You could, could we give Booker that label, right?
3: Yes, of course.
2: <laughs> All right, and we want people to know that they can really help either with their time, money, or energy for continuing this pairing of great dogs with people that really need them through the Canine Support Teams. Carol, can you let us know a little bit how we can help out?
0: Absolutely, we can be reached at 951-301-3625 or through the internet at www. Canine spelled out support. Teams, two T's and an S. org.
2: I'm glad you did that. That's good that you did that. We're talking now. Get the numbers, everybody. 951 301 3625 or dash over on the web at dot org. Correct? Correct. Did I pass? Do I get a biscuit or a treat? You get a biscuit. All right. I'll have to share it with my two dogs, Chipper and Cleo. Before we leave, is there any message you would like to give? Let's start with you, Carol. What would be the biggest wish you have for our listeners?
0: The biggest wish I think I would have is that everybody would think of others as they're out doing their hustling and bustling around. And remember that we still have uh, soldiers over in Afghanistan, Iraq, and we have people In wheelchairs with disabilities and children in need and dogs can do so much, so very much. There are angels in disguise that can reach into the heart of man and women. And um, all we need is
3: a little help to make all this happen.
2: (laughs) Vanessa, what's your wish? Well,
3: my biggest wish is going to come true. Um, my husband is coming home from Afghanistan after 11 months oh um, on Wednesday. So it's Yay. extremely excited and I can't wait for him to meet my dog. <laughs> they haven't met. So I'm, oh, uh, the other man in your that, life. <laughs> yes, the other man in my life. So I'm hoping and praying that they get along. And I also have a brother who is a marine and extremely thankful to all the men and women who are still serving. And uh, please have them in your thoughts and prayers. And just remember that some of them did not get to come
2: home. Okay, I understand. And let's get the shout-out to your brother and your husband.
3: Yes, uh, all my love to Grand Sergeant Kevin Jones and to Corporal Luis Lerma.
2: There's a good friend of mine whose name is uh, Matt Kelly, and he's in Afghanistan right now, and his mom's in my fitness class where we work out with our dogs. And Matt is is doing his, uh, he was in Iraq, and now he's in Afghanistan. So my wish is that Matt gets home safely, everybody gets home safely, and maybe dogs can teach us two-leggers to stop growling and fighting, and let's just get along. I mean, seriously, folks. (laughs) There's a lot of things we can learn from our pets, and that would be my humble wish on this planet is to just put the guns down, pick up the leashes, and hug your dogs. I want to thank again Carol Rookmore, founder of Canine Support Teams, for being here, and Vanessa Jones. Give that booker a big hug from me and my dogs, Chipper and Cleo. And I want to give a big pause up to my producer, Mark Winter. He is a genius. He is the Wizard of Oz behind this show. He makes things happen. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two-, three-, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave